It is the Winkly, and we are getting it going here. A lot of breaking news, a lot of things happening. We are on the road to WrestleMania. I am your managing editor of Wrestling Inc., Nick Hausman, and I am joined here, as I am virtually every Wednesday, by our good friend, Justin Labar. Justin, welcome back to the Winkly. It is WrestleMania week, Nick. <sighs> I'm so excited, Justin. we got a lot to get to here today. All right, I'm not going to waste any time. Later on in the show, we have three big interviews. Really, it's five big interviews uh, for you here today on the show. Uh, I sat down late last week, and I got to do a panel discussion with three of the original members of GLOW. Justin, did you know about this, Justin? About you doing this? Yeah, did you know I was even doing this panel? I feel like I didn't tell anybody I was doing this. Did you know that this happened? Uh, I don't think so, no. This thing is incredible. I'm very happy with this. It is Hollywood, Lightning, and the Royal Hawaiian, uh, three of the original members of GLOW, and they talk about not just like the success of Glow and everything, because they're they're going to be getting together at an '80s wrestling con here pretty quick to a to do a reunion. But th- there's like a bulk of this conversation is really about where we are with the women's revolution, with the women main eventing WrestleMania, and the contributions the women of Glow gave uh, to help get us where we are. And they're pretty impassioned about it, Justin. I think you'll like this. I think the listeners are going to like this a lot. So, um, also. I got another interview I know you guys are going to love. Everybody's favorite for everybody's favorite super fan turned pro wrestling manager. Frank the Clown is going to be on the show today, Justin. I know you love Frank, don't you? <laughs> Frank and I have a fun history. Oh, God, I didn't know. What is your... Did he offend you? What had happened there? That was kind of... No, no, Frank. I mean, no. I mean, Frank and I, we've... He's come out here to Pittsburgh and we've done things. And he... he I mean, no. We, we've, we've had... We've had memorable moments of interaction the broad strokes you painted with right there leave uh, my imagination running wild thinking about what you and frank did or found yourselves doing i should say (laughs) um well frank's gonna be on the show today i love talking to frank he's uh, from chicago here he works with me at warrior wrestling i've known frank for a long time now he's gonna talk about transitioning to be a pro wrestling manager he's actually working a couple shows this weekend, uh, WrestleMania weekend in New York, and uh, he chats about his uh, famous girlfriend, Noel Foley, as well. And uh, lastly here, after Frank, uh, we're going to round out our interview block here today with a third interview. This one's a little bit shorter. I snagged this. This is my last in-person interview from the MLW's Intimidation Games tapings I did about a month ago. It is with MLW champion Tom Lawler, filthy Tom Lawler, uh, talking to me all about being the champ working with Loki and a lot, lot more. So I hope you guys are going to enjoy that as well. It's another fun interview because it was recorded live in the venue. You can hear guys bumping in the background and getting ready for the show. Um, Also, I want to remind everybody, yesterday we made it official. This Friday, we are going to add a new Winkly to our rotation. This one's going to be a little bit different. Tuesday through Thursday, you can find us here on iTunes in podcast form. But every Friday, you got to download. Well, not every Friday, you got to download. But first, you got to download the Ringside Wrestling app. It is live now. You can go download this. Every Friday, a brand new video edition of the Winkly will be added there. It's me. It's Raj Geary. We talk for 20, 30 minutes. This week, we're previewing WrestleMania 35 and giving us uh, giving our predictions. We're going to be doing that every Friday. Um, and Josh Matthews has shows on this with Madison Rain. There's a cartoon mascot named Hangtime Frank. It's a whole wacky, wild, wonderful wrestling world at Ringside Wrestling. Go download the app. Of course, go to Pro Wrestling Tees. Get the new Jack Journalist shirt. And uh, I plugged it yesterday. I... I want to get to the news. I'll talk more about the RSVLTS uh, button-down short sleeve shirts that I've started rocking. It'll be rocking Mania Weekend at the end of the show. But, Justin, 
before we came on the air today, we got some breaking news, buddy. If you had not been 10 minutes late to this recording, I, I don't think we'd get this news. You're welcome. Thank you, Justin. A, a consummate professional. Um, very happy to announce legendary. And, and by, the way, by, what? by the way, you made it sound like you were sitting around not knowing where the hell I was. I, at least I, I want the people to know I gave you a courteous heads up of, the, uh, of, of, of I need 10 extra minutes. I'm just I'm just joshing you. I'm in a good yeah. mood. I'm in a good mood. I'm just kidding. Of course, you're a consummate professional, Justin. Um, and speaking of consummate professionals, legendary commentator Jim Ross has officially joined All Elite Wrestling and what is the most lucrative deal in commentary history. Now, real quickly, I read over the the uh, the announcement. It's a three-year deal. Uh, he's going to be a commentator, and he's also going to be taking a role as a senior advisor, which I, I thought was a, a nice touch as well to address what I'm sure he'll be doing on the back end. Justin, what's your immediate takeaway from this uh, press release we just got handed from AEW? No surprise that JR signs with them. I think we all kind of assume such, and then, of course, he started basically all but officially confirming it. Um, and you know, the, the final days of March, uh, fitting. Uh, you know, I've talked about it before that you know if you're AEW and trying to make an impact, obviously JR uh, has a lot of credibility to the wrestling fan, but he also he's very known. You know, his 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 famous calls and his voiceovers. I mean, they they get dubbed with crazy sports plays or crazy you know drunken tailgate clips online. I mean, you know his you know his calls of Mick Foley falling off the cage. So I mean, he he's got a mainstream appeal. So if you're a new fan flicking through the dial and wherever on the channel guy AEW winds up and you hear Jim Ross that's that's a welcoming uh familiar voice so I'm not surprised by any of that um I am surprised to hear that it's uh the most lucrative deal in commentary history not surprised because I don't think that he deserves it but I'm just surprised that um you know JR I'm sure has you know made good money as a commentator over his uh you know what three decade career especially through the through all the peaks that he had with WWE so the fact that he's getting more money than he ever has prior to then that well, is yeah. well here's the thing is i i think it's i, I think it's got to be taken into consideration the senior advisor position because the the deal he made here I, I feel like it i don't know i don't know if saying the most lucrative deal in commentary history is accurate or if there's more to it because if he's also being paid for his services working on the back end uh, head of talent relations or, or whatever you want to call it I mean that's that's like two jobs, you know what I mean? Well, but it's but it's still impressive, even if that's the case, because even in WWE or WWF, he was, you know, like you just said, he was a head of talent relations and doing a commentary position, so he was being paid for a corporate position and being paid as an on-air talent. So even still, the fact that he's getting more money than he ever has, but basically uh, in his career, that's you know, and and mind you, again, not not to say that he's doesn't deserve it or that he's rusty. That's not at all I'm saying. You know, JR has just been kind of out of the, you know, we've seen him call, we, you know, we obviously did some New Japan stuff. We, right. we see him pop up with WWE every now and again. But obviously JR has not been calling stuff action week to week to week for how many years. So the fact that he is obviously on the back end of his career and getting this, again, awesome for him. He's going to be a great asset to AEW. But I was surprised to hear, wow, this is basically more money than it seems like he's ever had. Well, I, I certainly see the value in the combo package there of commentary and senior advisor. I mean, I think Jim adds a lot to the company here. And uh, his first announcement, his first in-ring appearance for AW will be at Double or Nothing. So interesting they did announce him as the commentator for Double or Nothing. But his first in-ring appearance will be at that show. Um, and yeah, you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes here with Jim. I should, I, I would be remiss if I didn't mention this Saturday, noon, Gotham Comedy Club. Jim Ross, Jerry Lawler, Slobber Knocker Sessions. Uh, some tickets are still available. I'm going to be emceeing, and you can ask Jim whatever you want. If you yourself are sitting out there like, man, 
I'll be in Mania. I'll be there Mania weekend. I have a question for Jim Ross about, you know, what his relationship is going to be with AEW and what he'll be doing. Come out and ask it. Open opportunity. I'll have the microphone. If you go, Nick, I listened to your show. You're, you're probably more likely to get a question asked of Jim Ross. Is that that's that's okay for me to say, right? Well, I, I don't see a problem in that. That's how I operate. Okay, good. Uh, all right, uh, let's move away here a bit from Jim Ross because we do have a lot to get to here today. Let me pull up my original run sheet here for the show. Boom. All right. Uh, Wrestling Observer reporting that right now there is no decision made yet on what to do with both women's titles after WrestleMania. Right now, the post-Mania scenario would most likely be something where there's one of the women looking to get the title back after having it taken from them unjustly. So it is believed that Becky will probably walk away with both belts here, giving everybody that feel-good moment at the end of WrestleMania. But uh, whoever Lynch pins, that's largely going to depend on if Ronda's going to stick around after Mania or if, if she doesn't, in which case we're going to go back to, to Becky Lynch versus Charlotte for a little while, it would sound like. Uh, Justin, what's your preference to see happen with these two titles coming out of WrestleMania? Well, it's always preferred to me to have a unified world title. Um, even you know, and I get that they have two world titles for the men, and you know it, yeah, you know it works to a degree. Um, but you know, with the women, I'd still like to see just one. I'd like to see just one champion who floats between you know Raw and SmackDown, and mm-hmm. who knows, maybe an eventual women's only show. Um, but I, I don't think I don't think it's going to happen. Pr- probably just because they they do they do continue to to have such depth in that women's division, they probably feel like okay, you know, we need to have two world titles to help be the centerpiece for storylines on each show Raw and SmackDown. Obviously this obviously this WrestleMania main event's a unique situation because they basically kinda threw the brand split out of the out of you know out of all this and, and you know out the window and just the girls were showing up you know everywhere. Um but you know I, I prefer unified but I don't I don't look for it. And I, I think it's also interesting to keep in mind there's of course a superstar shakeup the week after Mania so how that might come into play sure. in terms of uh the the, the uh you know who's on what side with the women. Well, first of all, I would much rather see Le- Becky Lynch, Ronda Rousey, if if that's the the choice I get to make here, because it's something a little bit fresher here. I think it'd be nice. Charlotte can go back to SmackDown. There's a whole litany of women over on SmackDown right now that want to get their claws into into Charlotte at the moment. So that would be my preference. And I also think it's worth noting here that if it's so obvious, Justin, that Becky Lynch is going to win this main event, isn't it, it makes me it makes me nervous, you know makes me nervous like I, I kind of wonder could we see the UFC standing tall Brock Lesnar and Ronda Rousey at the end of Wrestlemania you know giving the big finger to everybody it, 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 I don't know you know it just rolls through my head every so often well I mean of course it's possible but I, I you know I've said before predictable is okay as long as it's logical and I, I think WWE knows that the only logical ever I mean the, the only reason why they did all the things they did to make sure Becky Lynch got into a rumble I mean like they've They've ensured, they've made sure that they have her in this main event. I, I can't imagine them deviating from the. I mean, I can imagine it, but I, I, I don't see the. I don't see the logical reason of them deviating from the plan. It sometimes be again being predictable, and and everybody you know on the edge of the seat, pretty much thinking they know what's going to happen, but they still got to see the one, two, three happen. I think that's where people are, and I think that's where people are fine with is that everybody's pretty sure Becky's going to win, and they're going to be pretty excited to see it and see her beat Charlotte and Ronda. They just got to see it actually officially happen. I don't think there's any problem with it. I don't think anybody's going to walk into media and go, well, damn, that was way too predictable. You know what I mean? I, so I, I wouldn't try to like, or, you know, we've talked about WWE has over, overthought a lot of certain storylines from the Kofi thing to the, to how we got to this women's main event. Let's not overthink 
the execution of, of Mania Night. Yeah, and and you know you're going to be eight hours in at that point if you don't give people somebody to walk something to walk home happy with. You may actual have actual riots around that life. I don't know. Uh, you know, you brought, it was interesting. You brought up how you prefer a unified champion because last night when I was watching SmackDown. Um, and uh, Alexa Bliss came out and confronted the Usos for a half second there before they announced the Fatal 4-Way they're going to do here. I thought that th- she was going to say they're going to battle the Revival and um, have have like a tag team unification match because I just kind of, in my head, I was like, neither of these teams are doing anything. The G1 is going to be having a, a tag team unification match at, at ROH in New Japan. Maybe you could play off that a bit. But that's not the direction they went. I, I kind of would prefer, in my head, I was like, I would maybe prefer a unification of the tag titles right now, kind of like with the women, you know? Yeah, I'm not opposed to that. Yeah. But what do you think of this fatal four-way here? Usos, Bar, Nakamura, Nakamura, Rusev, and uh, Alistair Black and Ricochet. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, look, it would be entertaining. All, all, you know, when you get this many uh, talented guys in the ring at one time, I mean, obviously that that's so much potential for the sequences the spots will come up with. I mean, I'll be honest, and I'm fans of basically everybody in this match. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not, I'm, I don't get, I'm not getting overly excited for another match. I just, I know that's terrible to say. I know it sounds yeah. like, man, I'm, you know, just enjoy all, you know, you pay your ticket, you pay your time to be there, enjoy, enjoy everything they want to give you, but. um you know, I don't know. I will say this, and I tweeted this, and this was mis- this. I, I noticed a lot of people misunderstood my tone of sarcasm, so I'll clarify for anybody who followed this tweet or and or is hearing for the first time. I made a tweet last night about how you know with 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 you know Black and and um, Ricochet. I mean, they are going to be busy all week in terms of you know we're going to see them at NXT. Like we're going to see them a lot. They they are getting a lot of airtime as they have on Raw or SmackDown, and they're going to get a lot of airtime on this Mania week. And I just kind of I, I meant it in a sarcastic, a sarcastic tone, but also serious in terms of like. You know, I'm sure that like that makes some some people in a lot of, in the WWE locker room have been around for a lot longer. Um, happy to see these guys who've been around for a cup of coffee getting all this airtime. But a lot of people interpreted that as that was my opinion, which is not at all the case. I'm happy with these guys. I don't really care one way or the other how much time they get or don't get compared to any any disgruntled colleagues. I was just making the point of I gotta believe there's going to be some as as we're hearing about. You know, we've seen different people come out or different wrestlers come out and talk about like. They've been around the company for X amount of years, and this is yeah. how many times I've actually, you know, I'm just saying, you got to believe that, you know, it, un, under the breath they're saying, geez, look at this, look at these two guys who are just getting every everything this weekend. It, it is, it's it's a lot, and uh, you know, you brought up all the wrestlers who have spoken out. Sin Cara is the latest superstar to share a heartfelt message on social media about how they haven't been used in WWE. Uh, he noted he's only performed in one WrestleMania in nine years. He he still thinks he could be champion. But he's uh, going to be performing at Access. Like Luke, 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 Luke Harper did this the other day. I didn't even talk to you about this. I know you're friendly with Luke. Um, it, it, there's a lot of I, I, I don't know if I like the trend of superstars telling me how sad they are working for the company. Well, I mean, it's 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 it's, it's continues a theme we've had so far this 2019, which is you know it seems like you know with talk of you know, obviously you know the AEW comes in a factor. You know, it seems like guys and girls have been a little bit more loose with their saltiness to steal from Lana and sure. or uh, loose with, you know, maybe maybe I'll go try to find greener pastures elsewhere once my contract's up. Uh, I think these guys and girls are just kind of, you know, there's like, they're like, screw it. Like, at the, you know, when you've been with a company for nine years uh, and you've only made one mania, uh, what do you have to lose by vocalizing your unhappiness? What are they, they going to do? Not book you again? <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, you know, or they fire you, and then then you then you get to go do something. I mean, like so, it's it's kind of from that perspective, the talent's kind of like screw. It. What do we have to lose? Yeah. Well, these three tag teams here: uh, Usos, Bar, Nakamura, Rusev, uh, Black, and Ricochet. 
they will be getting this opportunity here. But you're right. It's like so many matches. They did announce the uh, the kickoff show matches this year are going to be both the Battle Royals. Uh, the first hour is going to stream on the network, YouTube, and Facebook. The second hour is going to stream on the USA Network. I mean, these are big matches, but that still leaves like 15 matches on the main card, which is insanity to me. Um, well, and, and I, I would not put it past them. But look, when they start to when they start to really time this show out in the next 48 hours, which is what they would with the what, what I believe they will do mm-hmm. is when is when they do it is is this is the back end of the week here when they actually start to actually time the show out, bell to bell entrances, you know, all the pomp and circumstance. I I'm fully expecting them to move at least two more matches, probably what we what we think are going to be in the main card to the to the opening two hours so okay um well i think if you got to pick a battle royal for each slot here i mean the second hour is on the usa network that one's going to have colin jost michael che and braun Strowman. i would imagine because that's an snl uh usa crossover there which means that the women's battle royal is probably going to be the first match on the network youtube and facebook would would that be accurate you think maybe i don't know i haven't really thought about the ordering out of how they're going to do them it just seems weird to me man all of the women in the first match on the the lesser of the two platforms while they're also main eventing at the same time very weird and there's only other one other women's match i think on the entire wrestlemania card the women's tag titles that is correct that's a little weird a little weird uh all right uh wrestling observer uh had a new update about lars sullivan saying that his return is expected sooner than later uh, there's, of course, the rumors that he could be seen as opponent at Mania. And, of course, uh, the other day on the NXT media call, I asked uh, Hunter about this, and he said there is much more to come in regards to Lars Sullivan here. I just find it – I still find it hard to believe this guy will be at Mania. If he couldn't uh, – if mentally trying to be in front of that many people on TV and, and on Raw in front of that live crowd was a stress for him, I just don't see how he does it at Mania, you know? Well, uh, I, I understand. I understand what you're saying. First off, again, we we don't know to, to, to truly the extent of, of of this of the the origin of the anxiety and like what it really was. Uh, but I understand what you're saying if if it all is true. Uh, you know, I think it's also important to remember we, when, when we've reacted to that story since his his never since his debut that never came that they started touting at the end of the last calendar year. Um, we, we all forgot. I think a lot of us, we were speaking as if the guy had never like walked through the curtain. We have to remember the guy had worked takeovers and such, which obviously an NXT takeover in an arena is different than WrestleMania, obviously. Um, but to, to all the points, you, to, to everything here, I think, I think I don't see any way where we leave WrestleMania weekend by the end of the week after, you know, Mania, uh, Raw SmackDown. Well, we, I think we'll definitely see Lars Sullivan. Yes. Um, whether, you know, do I think he's going to be seen as opponent? I don't know if he's seen as opponent, but I could certainly see Cena having an impromptu match or segment and that match or segment then ending with Lars Sullivan making an impact. You know, we, we don't often see talent make their debuts at Mania in terms, you know, you normally we get that night after. So uh, I think that would help it stand out. And again, let's just say, let, let's go back to your original point. If there is some concern from management of, okay, let's not overwhelm the guy, but let's still try to make an impact and make him seem like a big deal, a big deal being, have him first appear at Mania, but not overwhelm him. Let's not make him go out there and have to do a match. Let's let him come out there, hit one or two big spots, and make an impact. You know, again, let, letting him you know dip his feet in the water before just throwing him into the deep end. So, uh, but I think we definitely, absolutely, will see him before the week is over. What do you think of the idea of bringing him back at Takeover? Because I, my brain keeps going back to the fact that he seemed comfortable and happy in NXT and at, at Takeover level events. If that's his happy place, you know, what do you think about in reintroducing him back into the NXT roster at Takeover? 
No, I don't like that. You don't like it's it? It's either no. Okay. It, no. The, you, you know, um, granted, some fans, obviously, probably not the fans that listen to this show, but I'm sure there are some fans, maybe a little bit more casual fans that uh, don't maybe listen to podcasts or don't even, you know, follow wrestling news sites and such. They probably have forgotten that Lars Sullivan was this guy that WWE was heavily showing video vignettes for for weeks on end. They probably have forgotten. It's been a few months now. Yeah. So, um, I, I think you just, I think, I think if you, I, I think you need to go with it because I think if, if he shows up back in NXT, I think it's just, um, I don't like, I don't like to refer to NXT as a step backwards, but I just, it, it doesn't fit. It, 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 this guy's either doing it or not. He's either going to do it or not. And I think, uh, you, you introduce him at Mania. I think that would be a big splash. But again, if you can do it without a match, I think that's the best, uh, best way to kick this off. I get, and it's like I get married to ideas in my head, but you know, you've got Gargano and uh, you know Cole there in the main event, and you know you gotta you gotta have convincing competition coming out of that for whoever wins. And I just like the pairing of Lars Sullivan and Gargano, and uh, I mean, I think you're gonna need some kind of bridge there to get back to Gargano Champa, which I think would be the. Uh, the long con. So I, you know, I don't know, just, just spitballing there, but I, I'm, I'm sure, I'm, I'm sure triple H would love it. I mean, triple H just, he's, he's had how many talents leave his NXT roster to be all raw or SmackDown. And obviously some of the talents not even getting, you know, black and ricochet are getting fully utilized, but then you have the EC threes of the world who aren't. Mm. Um, so I'm sure, I'm sure triple H would gladly take Lars Sullivan back to have him a week to week to, to book, but I don't think that's how it's going to go. Okay. Uh, time out real quick since you brought him up what's going on with ec3 what is up with this i like i genuinely scratch my head and i don't understand what is happening with ec3 right now i i don't know uh, i guess you know I, I, I don't know i mean I, let's let's i mean nothing i don't i'm not expecting anything big from him this weekend uh, i guess uh, let's see again superstar shakeup uh, the week after let's see if they you know where they declare because he's appeared on both shows. So let's see right. where what brand they declare him to be, and then maybe once he's declared on one brand as ownership of Raw or SmackDown, maybe then that Raw or SmackDown creative team, and then of course Vince has some plan for him that goes for. I, I, but yeah, I, I do not know. I think if I had to guess, I would just say he is just he was just one of it was it was a it was a it was a quick reaction. It was a panicky reaction to needing to change, needing to spice things up, ratings, all that stuff. And so we got that big influx of guys, you know, heavy machinery, Mickey Cross, EC3, you know, we had uh, Lacey, had all, you know, and then, and then then here comes Black Ricochet, Gargano, and Ciampa. Ciampa's hurt. Like, I, I think that he was just a guy they brought up to try to help make a splash uh, of new talent and exciting. And hey, look here, they had no plan for him. Vince had no real plan for him. And we're just seeing that. So maybe once we get into the new WWE calendar, which starts usually after Mania, they'll have a plan. Uh, well, yeah, we shall see. It's like they haven't done anything with Lacey Evans yet. Uh, Heavy Machinery's got a little bit of a push, so I'm optimistic like you. I just I just want to talk about EC3 for a little bit. Hurts me to see the guy not really resonating the, as strongly as I thought he would on the main roster. Um, all right, Rey Mysterio here, WWE reporting. He suffered an ankle injury during his match with Baron Corbin on Monday Night Raw. Uh, his match with Andrade from last night on SmackDown got nixed, um, and the injury will be reevaluated as we get closer to Mania. This smells a heck of a lot like a work to put heat on Baron Corbin to me, right? Yes? I Yeah, I agree. But I, I agree. I mean, I mean, Ray's had injury issues, and he's sure. getting older. But yeah, I agree. It does, it does, it does, the way it maps out looks like it, it's the benefit story. Trying to get the online fans all riled up and hating Baron Corbin even more. Man, if there's nothing Vince doesn't love doing more, it is just finding one dude he can just pour the fuel on the fire with and just troll people i feel like baron corbin is that guy right now um wrestling observer reporting there are plans for someone to shut elias up at wrestlemania everyone from cena to the rock to take her being rumored elias is not going to be in the andre battle royal justin 
for your money, who's the person to shut Elias up at WrestleMania? Uh, it would be really cool because of the, the rock kind of guitar concert stuff if it was Dwayne Johnson. But if you're asking me, I'm going to go with The Undertaker. Okay. You're going to go with The Undertaker? I'm going to go way off the rails on this one. Okay. Here's who I think is going to shut up Elias. They're, they're in Jersey, right? MetLife Stadium. I'm going, I'm going big. I'm saying the boss, Bruce Springsteen, comes out to the biggest pop in WrestleMania history, and he's the one that shuts Elias up. Ugh. <laughs> uh, one, uh, two, three, four. <laughs> I, 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 I don't, I don't need that. Oh, um, that I, I hope, I hope it's, I hope it's a series. I hope it's like, I'd like to see Lacey Evans as the first one. I like to see Lacey Evans walk out and do her walk the ramp and then walk back up and then let it be, you know, be, you know maybe maybe Pete Rose. And I don't know. Like, I want to see like a couple just ridiculous things, and then finally, uh, when the level of seriousness is, has reached to a certain peak uh we hear the you know we hear a gong and then bruce springsteen comes out i agree you know swerve him with the undertaker but give him bruce you know maybe maybe we can find a happy middle ground here no i don't want to see any bruce springsteen uh if they did the gong you could transition to acdc too which would also bring the house down i'm just i'm a huge now i'm a huge fan of that one i'll go with that one you okay okay good that'd be good maybe undertaker and acdc really best of both worlds hey Hey, ACDC is one of Vince's favorite rock bands. Now I'm just getting excited. Um, All right. Uh, Ambrose, by the way, I didn't get to this yesterday for some reason, but he did lay out Corbin after Raw on Monday night. uh, And afterwards, he pointed to the WrestleMania 35 sign. I'm continuing to be optimistic this man is staying with the promotion after after, uh, April or whenever they said he's leaving. Uh, Very A little odd that he would do that there to the sign point. Uh, You don't think so? You think it's just... Well, no. It could also just be him just trolling everybody sure sure uh and last but not least here uh miz and miss came back last night after smackdown um did you get a chance to to catch that one did you watch it i did not oh it's great i watched it right away love that show very entertaining i like all of the uh wwe reality programs this one was good uh you know and a little creepy too because miz like installed cameras and microphones into his house and like mrs or maurice's mom was like house sitting for them and he was like watching her and talking to her through microphones in the ceiling very bizarre. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show three of the original members of GLOW, the gorgeous ladies of wrestling. I am happy to be joined right now by Hollywood, Lightning, and the Royal Hawaiian. Ladies, uh, thank you very much for taking the time to chat with me here today. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, so uh, we've got a crowded field here, all four of us. Uh, like I was telling you just before I started recording, I'm very excited to chat with you all here today. Uh, my girlfriend and I are obsessed with the Netflix series Glow. Uh, I've probably watched the documentary that was on Netflix uh, featuring you all a half dozen times. I think it's a great documentary. Um, and, of course, you all are going to be at the 80s Wrestling Con on April 27th in Freehold, New Jersey, um, let's start right off the top here. I mean, how has it felt for you all to see this resurgence and in interest in Glow 30 years after it's debuted? I'll go first. It's Hollywood. Hi, thanks, Nick, yes. Nick for having us on. We should probably and go around. And, that... yeah, should we go around and have everybody intro themselves so we know what voices sound like? That's probably a good idea. Yes. <laughs> okay, this is Hollywood. Hi, Hello. this is the oh, Royal this... Hawaiian. <laughs> this is lightning. How are you? Good, good. All right. Well, yes. Back to you, Hollywood. How has this felt to see Glow coming back thirty years after? Oh my the fact? god! 
Well, first of all, thank you to you and your girlfriend for watching uh, the Glow Netflix show. When that first, when we found out that that was happening, I was like, oh my gosh, I go, this is so cool. This is going to be a cool thing. And of course, the next thing, what's the next thing that we all thought about you guys? Are we going to be involved? We thought of that. That's probably the next Cameo. thing. Yeah. The cool yeah, are there cameos for the Glow Girls? Um, uh, so all I can say for the last two and a half years, this has re, re, you know, ignited Glow, our brand. And I think anything, you know, that that reignites that for us is tremendous because we've done quite a few conventions. The 80s Wrestling Con coming up in, in Freehold, we wouldn't be probably doing that you know, with, um, without that, that show, um, I'm going to let the other girls speak because they can add to what I just said. So I'll stop. <laughs> sure. Well, let's go to lightning here. Go lightning. Ahead. Yeah. Lightning. How's it been for you? Okay. Yeah. Um, well, it's, it's really fun. Uh, when we, when I first heard about it, thing, same thing Jeannie said, I'm thinking, are we going to be able to maybe get cameos? That would be awesome. But, uh, the resurgence of it uh, on a personal level. I've had people I've known for years. I'm a stunt woman in the movie industry and also am a personal trainer, trainer at a gym and people that know me has known me for a long time have been coming up and they're like, you're a glow girl. It's really (laughs) weird because they've known me for so long. They knew I was involved in wrestling and that's pretty much what they said. I knew you had a wrestling background, but I had no idea you were a glow girl. They were totally fanboying on me, which cracked me up because I know them. You know, it's, it's like your next door neighbor all of a sudden, like going, "What?" Uh-huh. It was really, you yeah. know, kind of a cool, cool deal. And then, of course, all the publicity and and the fact that we're going to go to different conventions like this one coming up is just a lot of fun. Yeah, exciting. And- yeah, and Royal Hawaiian, I did a little. I've doing a little research on each of you. You joined the series a little bit later than than Lightning in Hollywood, correct? No, no, no. I was original with Hollywood. Original. Oh, it was Lightning. I was, yeah, I was one okay. of the first. Lightning 12. came later. Lightning yeah. came later. Yeah, Sorry. Lightning came later. Yeah. Yes. Hollywood and I were actually at the first interview um, audition in Hollywood. At the, the pilot and the pilot, there. right? Yeah, man. yeah. The pilot is what Jamie uh, and I started with, and we were trained. And by Bondo Guerrero. And then from there, we went to Vegas. And then um, I was one of the first trainers to train the new girls that were added for season one. Okay. It was myself and Americana who were the trainers who trained the original season one girls. Wow. So, yeah, I, I was at the beginning, but then people lost track of me because after season one, I got hurt and I left. So then the season two, three, and four, you know, I didn't know all of those girls except for the originals that were in season one. Got and it. so okay. people do remember me, but then at the end don't because I wasn't in the last three seasons. Now, you, But it's been exciting also, with the resurgence. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, go ahead. I was, I was just going to say, uh, Debbie, Debbie also trained, um, Dallas, also yeah, trained Dallas, in that. Dallas, she was there in the first. You can't forget about her because she was the killer yeah, tomato she, first. And right. She also trained, and there were there mm-hmm. were several. So then afterwards, it was like uh, Nanuchka, I think, trained, and then one of the cheerleaders too, right? I, I don't know. One of the cheerleaders was a trainer. Something <gasps> I'm like that. I don't know. But there was Debbie, 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 Debbie uh, yeah. and Nanuchka trained uh, my group. I tell you right yeah. now, I uh, when I got there, 
and we were training or whatever, I kept looking for my favorites. And Hollywood and Royal Hawaiian were two of my favorites. I was a total fan of both of theirs before I even got there. That's so cool. No, so exciting. Oh, we love you. I know. It's, it's cool yeah. to hear. You like it, was, it was exciting to, to hear that the, the Netflix show came out. And, of course, we all thought, oh, are we going to be asked to come on and do cameos? Or would nope. we even be nope. um, asked? To, you know, as uh, like for me, I was a trainer. Would I be asked to help? And like now, you know, uh, Cheryl's a trainer and a, and a stunt woman. So, you know, would any of us be consulted? So would we be consultants on the show? But nope, none of us got anything. Everybody was really surprised. They were like, why didn't any of you get used since, you know, they're trying to bring back your show? But so that was really disappointing. But the overall, you know, resurgence for I I was happy for our fans. Our fans are the loyalist fans around. And this was something that was just bound to happen, you know, but we but I guess who really would have thought that 30 years later we'd be sitting here with with you on the radio talking talking about it, you know. So it's it's exciting for the fans. And I know they love it because it brought us out again and. Um, with us doing the the conventions and the meet and greets and all the things that we're doing now is just a lot of fun. And I love being in, you know, Hollywood and, and Cheryl and, and uh, I do quite a bit together and, and then with the other girls. So we try and get the other girls involved, but you know, everybody's got their own things other going things. on in life and families and stuff. And, and these two at least are still in the business, yeah. you know, Hollywood and Cheryl, both of them are still wrestling today still involved in the entertainment industry and have worked, you know, Hollywood did all four seasons and has their own production company and wrestles every day. So I'm kind of just, wow. the, uh, <laughs> I, I say I'm like the, the assistant to the girls because <laughs> wow. I'm retired. So I'm an early retired person uh, because of medical issues. So I'm kind of just the, the gopher. <laughs> Uh, well, oh, you, you you are a hard hard worker. You are not a gopher girl. Oh, I try, I try. It's lots of fun. It's we co- do it for the fans. It's so cool to hear you three talking and like I feel like realizing things still about like each other and the process of making glow as I'm listening here. You know, one of the things I really wanted to ask you about is how accurate is this show? Like, is the show anything like what it was like trying to get glow off the ground? So let's we'll, we'll let, oh, this uh, is Hollywood. You too. Let's, yeah. We'll go we'll go in the order. We'll all go in order and say what we feel because everyone feels different. Yeah. You know, about the show. I remember Nick when it first came out, I I really enjoyed it and a few other ladies did, but there were other girls who didn't like it and they um, were comparing it obviously to our show. So there are similarities and there are not. But at the end of the day, what we're talking about here is Hollywood and no pun intended because you have to make things bigger and better or stretch the truth a little bit, because if you don't do that, how are you going to get your reoccurring, uh, you know, fans and, and, and soap opera. Show come. Yeah. You gotta, you gotta have drama. Yeah. So they have to create more. And I get that. And so does Cheryl, because for both of us being actresses, stunt women in the, in the industry, it's just the more the merrier. And a lot of girls didn't dig it at first. They were putting people down. They were, and, and it was ugly. I have to be honest with you. Um, 
it was kind of disappointing to see some of them. And, and maybe they felt disappointed going, no, our director was never like that. No, we didn't do drugs. And I'll tell you right now, if drugs, if you were caught drinking or doing any drugs, you were fired immediately. So uh, that uh, Matt had a really strict, small little leash around our neck. That's for sure. Uh-huh. And I'll let the rest of the ladies talk about how they feel. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I mean, it, when it came out, I was excited just for the fact that it was there. You know, it was yes. a show is now being produced about our show 30 years ago or 20 whatever years ago. And it was exciting just to have that out. And then to watch the show, like Hollywood said, yes, there are things that are going to be done. And for the most part, the idea of the show was there. It's just that some of the truth we're not true. You know, they tried to portray, like she said, the thing with our director and, and the drugs and sex. And of course, our show was a family show. Every Saturday when we filmed in Las Vegas, we had kids all over. They yep. would wait to see us after the show and, you know, shake our hand and, you know, get autographs and what have you. And so the Netflix show, you can't have kids watching that. But guess what? Netflix, not the, the beginners. And yeah, and it's and it's yeah. gonna have sex and and drugs and rock and roll. No, um, that is gonna get the viewers, and I get that. And so, you know, the 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 girls that didn't really like it, I think a lot of it also had to do with the fact that we weren't asked to participate. So that kind of was, you know, a kind of stab in the back kind of thing. But you know, I looked at it that hey, any publicity and anything that's gonna promote the brand. Hey, it's good. It's good. It's bringing, it brought yeah. us back, you know, alive and the resurgent is great. And, you know, because of us back in the eighties, there, if there were no glow girls, there'd be no divas, there'd be no evolution. There'd be no right. WrestleMania 35. Right. I mean, so you, know, you, you gotta go. look at the big picture and, and we'd like to make sure that the glow brand is, is portrayed in a positive, you know? Um, and so at the beginning, some of the girls didn't like it, but I think, it was just a reaction at the beginning. And as it kind of has gone on and watched the show, it, it's kind of gotten a little they bit They learned better, to love course, it. They, they loved it. Yes, yes. Because the first reaction, I think, was just, oh, my God, it's terrible. And, you know, and they're portraying us like it's not the truth. You didn't think and, that. You know, you didn't, I didn't think, think that. that. I, really I didn't enjoyed think that. It. I really enjoyed the show. Yeah. But then I think once you get in your mind, you have to realize it's not the exact carbon copy of our show. They're bringing out a show with new characters, new stories, but the basis of the whole thing is there. And if you look at it that way, that this is for entertainment and you see that, then you get to look at it clearly or clearer and then you can enjoy it. So it was good. It was a little hard at the beginning for me, like the first couple of episodes. And then as it got to like four and five, it started to get good. And I was really into it. And then I, I enjoyed season two even more, yeah. you know, so I'm kind of looking forward right. to seeing what's going to happen in three. So you're, you're up, Cheryl. Cheryl. <laughs> yeah. Well, I was going to say the same thing that you said in the end when uh, I watched the first, uh, I'd say, four episodes I thought were kind of draggy and slow because they were trying to establish everything. And I had to force myself past those first four episodes. But after that, I loved it. Mm -hmm. I think that um, they're just trying to mix in the feel of the 80s 
uh, with glow, everybody has kind of a, like a nostalgia thing. Um, like the old West, everybody wasn't running around town gunslinging the okay corral right. and all that other stuff. They, they glorify it and they yeah. glorify the eighties, but it's fun. It is a lot of fun. Um, and uh, they do, um, even though they didn't consult with any of us, they they hit here and there on stuff that actually happened or give a feeling of the time, the era, uh, which is well, yeah. interesting. Yeah. And the, um, the whole thing with the first audition, they've got like a, a bleacher with like, you know, just a couple of uh, weirdos on the bleacher or whatever. It's not a lot of them sitting in the bleachers. That... That's the first thing I noticed right away was um, the first auditions for GLOW, there was like hundreds of girls, hmm. um, you know, uh, Hollywood and uh, Royal Hawaiian can attest to that. And they, they did up and walk out when they found out it was the um, wrestling yeah, involved with wrestling and half of the girls yeah. just walked but there were still a lot more people interested in in the. But I'm sure they could. They didn't want to pay for hundreds of background to stand up and walk out for one scene. Yeah. So. <laughs> wow. And when my era now, my era when I when I went was the same thing. There was uh, some pre before I went to Vegas. There was some pre um, publicity stunt I was invited to. I actually met Royal Hawaiian, although she doesn't remember because I was I, uh... amongst. Like a hundred girls, or girls, whatever. Yes, yeah. yes. And and they had. I, uh, I think. Uh, that day. I have a picture yes. of that day. I probably should show you. It's. Uh, oh, I would love. I would love to see a, that. I think it's a news. I think it's a newspaper article. I'll have to look and see. But I remember that day, and that's the picture. So I'll have to look I it remember up. Nick, you. you're allowed to interrupt us. I'm enjoying this. I know you only have a certain amount of time. <laughs> Whatever. <laughs> I'm in no rush. Y'all, no, I rem- I'm in so no rush. I can sit yeah. there and talk. No, no, I, you know, yeah, on, on we, all, we, all, we all can. No, it's great. You know, but again, and I hate to catch off. It's just, this is, this is for me, like a fan of, of what you all have done and, you know, the environment you've created. This is great for me. I love hearing you all just talking and reminiscing and remembering these things, and it's great. So please, you know, do your thing here. I, I'm enjoying this. Don't worry about me. I have a question. Well, I have a question. Hey, Nick, hey, Nick, are you, first of all, Nick, are you going to be, first off, are you going to be at 80s Wrestling Con I don't, on April the 27th? Well, I'm in Chicago. I'm in Chicago. So I don't know if I'll, I'll be in Freehold, New Jersey oh. or not. But, uh, but Okay, because anybody we, who goes to that, we're going to have a glow panel. And okay. all those questions and everything that people are listening to uh-huh. right here, that's going to be, and we, we do really good at those. We've done the Stanley one and LA Comic Con and Rhode Island. And um, the panels are, the, those are fun where the question, where the, you know, the fans can get up and ask us questions. And, oh my gosh. Yeah. Us three can go. We need to do it. They come up with new stuff. Then. We get a lot of requests for Chicago. So we're going to have to work on that. Yes. Come to Chicago. Mm-hmm. I'll host yeah. your panel. Don't yeah. worry about it. I'll, I'll step yeah, up there. That would be great. We'd love it. I'll put We'd the... love that it. would be awesome. Yeah. Come to C2E2 next year. Wait, but... what, what, what time of year? When is okay. the Chicago uh, con? Uh, no, he said E2. What is, what is that? I know what. 
Yeah, C two E two would be what, a year from. Co- it'd be a year from now. C two E two would. Um, but uh, okay, but, that's a good one. Yes, but that's something we can okay. put together. Anyway, I, I'll get back to this here in a little bit because I'm really enjoying just hearing you all talk about you know the history of glow here. One of the things I wanted to know was you know we're in this we're in this women's revolution right now where the women are going to main event WrestleMania and the women are are being looked at as as a feature and an attraction. What was it like for? Uh, you all being in the pro wrestling industry at that time, how did the industry of pro wrestling kind of around glow react to what you all were doing? So <laughs> I'm going to answer that first. Yeah, they hated it. Jimmy has a good story. the time period. Yeah. Well, I'm just, yeah. <laughs> I have lots of stories, but uh, Vince McMahon <laughs> pretty much hated uh, uh, glow. We, we were at the nappy convention going to sell our show for syndication and WW at the time F is over on one side and glow is on the other. And Vince is telling his people don't go over and talk to the glow girls. And he just did not want them to have anything to do with us. And it's interesting because I've done all these other shows and conventions and you will get all your legends, your eighties legends who said we weren't supposed to watch it, but we were, and we knew exactly who you were. And, and you know, and, and here's one story about me and, um, Jesse the Bog Ventura, he's walking towards me and I'm walking towards him in a convention. I'm thinking, I was just told we're not supposed to talk to each other. And he goes by me and I look at him. I go, hello. He goes, hello. I said, we're not supposed to talk to each other. He goes, I know, but who cares? And, you know, it was just weird. And, and, and just things were different, were, were not really socially accepted back then. And women, all women in a ring, wrestling. Uh, you know, I know that the independent wrestlers, a lot of the lady wrestlers didn't like us either. Um, we're on TV, we're in our little bright colored, you know, outfits and our glitter and doing, you know, and I think a lot of people thought, Nick, that we were making fun of it. We were not making fun of wrestling. I mean, you know, we, you know, we will always honor the legends before us because without them, there wouldn't be glow. So you have to say thank you to the Penny Banners and the Joni Mae Youngs and the Rita Cortezes and all those people before us and give, you know, thanks to them but we were never trying to make fun we just had a show that was a little bit different and Cheryl and the girls will tell you that Matt was a movie background and David McClain was a wrestling background you put those two together and you got this comedy you know wrestling show Get um, music and, videos right go ahead go ahead April yeah no 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 I'm just uh, that's, that's all we've funny to hear you say that you know they we were told they not, to, not to talk to the man no, they were like that whereas they were yeah today they just I, I always get people say you know it's it's good to hear today that you guys are being recognized because we didn't get that early on in the 80s and then uh 2017 the cauliflower alley club honored us and we were awarded for the first all women's wrestling league so that was, you know, awesome to receive. And, and, and people are, are realizing, you know, if there wasn't GLOW, there wouldn't be Divas. There wouldn't be an evolution going on, you know. But you know what? Uh, Here's another thing, you guys. Here's a question. What if, would we have been honored if GLOW Netflix wasn't on TV? Think about that. Maybe. You know? No. I can't no, remember. I mean, that's what I think. What, what we're doing today wouldn't be happening if there wasn't Netflix Glow because that's what 
highlighted everything and the resurgence happened and and then we had the rebirth of original glow so and it can be exact that is the power of tv the power of television is just yeah well there and originally originally nick i don't know if you know but our our, because of the documentary yeah is how it was discovered Mm so they watched the someone showed them the documentary and then that's how the producers of the orange is the new black saw it and said hey let's do a show about that a show, show. Yeah. you know so yeah. that's kind of how it happened so it's you know the documentary is out there sure we had videos uh our, our some of our matches are on youtube and stuff like that but we're still trying to get um the fans are always asking can't we somehow just like rewind to the 80s and put that on a, a cable channel or a whatever something that's accessible to the fans to play glow from season one through four and run it like it was 1986 because uh, a lot of our fans today are children of original fans from the 80s and so all they know is what their parents have told them or because they've been a men's wrestling wwf and a wwe fan it's had them get so interested in the wrestling that they go on YouTube. And as a result, they've crossed all of the glow videos and matches and what have you, but they've never seen a whole episode of glow that has the skits, the music, all the interaction with all the different girls and the live shoots and all that. And that's what the, the, the younger generation hasn't seen. They haven't seen the show as a whole. So we, we're, we're looking for someone, you know, we need to find someone who wants to bring back Glow, the old show, to just run reruns. Yeah. That's what people want. You know, people want Well, we tried it. that, but we tried yeah. that, April, when you and it we did, did that it. with Ursula. Yeah. Nope. Right. It didn't work. We wanted, but, to, we wanted to, to edit the shows to 30 minutes and then, you know, have somebody, but we just, that problem back then, I'll tell you that, that was probably 1990, I don't know, 92, 93. The problem with that is where are all the tapes? Remember Ursula's show? Right, Ursula remember, had some of the now tapes. we know where the tapes are because Matt We do, us. where are they? That, yeah, but that, that's what he well, said. Well, because he said, remember, uh, WWE was the one who requested them from him because they needed the footage for Tina Ferrari. Where is it? I you know how, many lo- you know how got- long that I just don't, I don't believe any of it. I'm like, okay, if, well, they, I mean, if somebody has the somewhere, tape, if they got where the are footage, they? If, I know. If they got the uh, footage, why Ursula why has like nine that? I know, I but mean, Ursula has nine. I saw the tapes personally because I went and had them looked at. I had them, I went over to a studio where they look at the um, stuff to find out how damaged it is. They said, put these yeah, in climate control immediately. Yeah. So she had nine Because that's the, the thing. The, the thing that's so so dumb, Nick, is that there's there's the, um, the need, the want, you know, the fans want this. They would pay money for a four-season Glow DVD. Yeah. Well, I mean, you I know? don't know. It, it seems like a layup. I hate to cut you off, but it seems like a layup. For Netflix to want to put the shows up and available, considering that seems to be the home of Glow now with the documentary yeah. and the TV show, uh, or even someplace on like the WWE Network, I could see those uh, doing very well. Um, I, here, I, I know. I think, yeah, go ahead. Sorry, go ahead. I think the problem is is that uh, the tapes are in two different locations, 
and they can't cut a deal together. That's what the deal is there. We got to get some people the together. Two here. Entities that have own there's, half the and half the, the greed part. The tape. And there's that. And there's the G. There's that word, the greed. <laughs> Just like well, get we need over to it. Leg it then, you know. All right. Well, I want to. I feel like we're about to have a glow heist movie starting up here in just a second, where we're going to just go steal these tapes <laughs> and just take off with them in the middle of the night. Um, you all have been very generous. You all have been very generous with your time. I don't want to uh, pepper you with too much more here because I know that again, you put over how great you all are in a panel environment. I want everybody to go to '80s Wrestling Con on April 27th uh, in Freehold, New Jersey, to, to see all of you and, and hear you talk. But I have one last question. It's actually for you, Lightning. Um, while I was doing my research, yes. which I quoted myself wrong at the top of the show, I apologize for that, but I was doing my research and there was a tidbit about you that I found really interesting. I am a gigantic Andy Kaufman nerd and I read that you were a wrestler. Oh, I read you were a wrestler and man on the moon. Um, were, did you wrestle Jim Carrey? Were you one of the women that wrestled Jim Carrey? Yeah. Okay. Can you please, yes, can yes you, I did wrestle Tim Carrey. Can you tell me what it was like to work with him? Because there was another documentary that just came out recently where he seemed like he was like nuts on set. Yes. He was, a, he was a total spaz. <laughs> he was a total spaz. <laughs> I had to do... So just as he I had... <laughs> I, uh, I was supposed to do uh, basically a giant um, hair, hair mare where he's supposed to grab me and throw me by the hair. And me and one of the original trainers of GLOW, Mondo uh, Guerrero, uh, were showing them what he was supposed to do and the directors and stuff to me. But since Mondo and I are both heavy pro wrestlers, we made it look vicious. And they thought that then they went into some huge discussion. They thought it would look too violent because of my size and his size. That it would look You're like, oh my God, you know, he's he's thrashing on this little girl. So then they asked me if I can do a drop kick, and I'm like, yeah, I can drop kick. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, and so it turns into a drop kick, and then Jean LaBelle, which everybody in any wrestling at all knows who Jean LaBelle Judo is. Judo Jean LaBelle. He was yeah. there, TA. Yeah. Yes, Jean LaBelle came up to me and said, make him feel it. Oh, he went right into my ear. Wait, right up, he's all making feel it. Because I don't know what they were discussing, but he wanted to prove to them something. He's all, and then he, and then he starts to walk away and he comes back, but don't hurt him. I'm like, okay. Uh. <laughs> but <laughs> let me tell you something. You do not say no to Jean LaBelle. He says no. something, he says jump, and you say how high. So, okay, so come, come, to, the, come to Jim Carrey. Jim Carrey's like, has this belt that's intergender, uh, intergender championship belt, and he's holding it up. He looks at me, and he goes, okay, this is what I'm going to do. And he says, I'm going to start here holding the belt. He's going to, uh, you know, move it across the ring and then back. And then he said, right when I get at you, right then, that's when I want you to hit me. I'm like, okay, because, because of the rest, the timing with wrestling, he had no idea. Plus, I assume they were assuming I'm little, but I totally, <laughs> I came up and I, all I did was hit him the way I would hit a pro. I didn't want to hit him. I didn't want to try to super hit him. I just hit him as hard as I would a pro and it just totally whiplashed his ass. <laughs> <And> then, <laughs> 
And then, and then I had to wrestle around with him for two minutes, and that's how I know he was a total spaz. Mm. He was just. And then I was also did, told didn't that Helena the get hurt, Cheryl? Didn't, didn't yes, I think she did. Mm. Yeah, he might, he hurt. hurt my elbow too, but you know, he uh, he actually jumped on my elbow when I had it locked out oh. on the uh, getting up off the ground. If oh, I wasn't as strong as I am, and and I just I just folded, you know, if if I was just an average, you know, it would have broken somebody's arm. But my arms are like, you know, plus I you were reacted big, big quick. Guns. Yeah, yeah, big guns. Um, and I felt it. But uh, he uh, or they told me to address him as uh, Mr. Kaufman or Andy. <laughs> they did. He did Ugh. not want. He was into the character. Did not want to be addressed as Jim Carrey at all. Hey, but uh, Nick, it was that. a fun, fun experience. Wow. Yes, I'm sorry. Yes, go ahead. Uh, Nick, when you watch that second um, documentary on Netflix, I watched that too on the plane. And boy, he was adamant that he had to be that character, you know, almost 24-7. That was, he, was, he was crazy. That's why, that's why I was like doing right? my research. I was looking into like little facts about each of you women because I was like, I want to be prepared. And when I saw that, I was like, I gotta ask, what was yeah. that like? You know, awesome. what a what a crazy story. Hey, you all are wonderful. Uh, thank you all very much for taking the time to speak with me today. Uh, it's gonna be a big moment for women's wrestling this Sunday, WrestleMania 35. Ronda Rousey, Becky Lynch, Charlotte Flair. I can't help but think that it's got to mean a lot to you. Do you all plan on watching that? Supporting? Uh, any final thoughts here on? The state of women's wrestling. Go uh, Rhonda, go Rhonda, go Rhonda, yeah. go Rhonda. Uh, I, yes, I, I'm cheering for Rhonda too. Yeah, didn't like her in MMA, yes, nice. but I like her in wrestling. Yes, nice, nice switchover. Look, a lot of MMA guys switch over and start doing pro wrestling because you can only pound Easier. that that aggressively for so long. Ex boxers become right. actors. It's it's a nice yeah. transition. It really is. And you know what, Nick? I would say that pro wrestlers make the best actors. They're good. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> They've had years of training. It would, yeah. seem, it would yeah. seem that way. All right. Well, again, thank you very much, ladies. Yeah. And again, everybody go on out April 27th, Freehold, New Jersey, 80s Wrestling Con. At this time, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show a man who is tearing it up on the independent scene is not just a manager type. He's also in the ring, mixing it up, wrestling with the big guys. It's everybody's favorite former super fan and the star of WWE Network's Holy Foley, Frank the Clown. Frank, welcome to the Winkley. That's a hell of an introduction, my friend. You just tearing I'm... up the indies. I love it. Oh man, well I've <laughs> I've seen I've seen the kind of introduction you demand on the independent scene. I do demand quite the introduction. I mean, it, it, it's appropriate. It's deserving. I've earned it. Therefore, uh, you, you, you lived up to the introduction hype. Thank you, Frank. Now, people really hate you, don't they? They sure do. Why do you think it is that you are so inherently, naturally unlikable? Yeah, so, I mean, typically, you know, the people that, dislike me are the ones that haven't met me in real life but uh you know i'm not out to please the masses by any means but uh, i think i'm in a polarizing position i think a lot of it probably stems from a, a sense of jealousy 
um, for for a wide variety of reasons, and I, and I understand that. Let's and, talk and about really, those reasons. Don't don't, don't broad stroke this. Tell me the reasons. Why are the reasons you think people don't like you? <laughs> Um, I think it's just it's an easy realistically it should be a story that people should like they should enjoy my story the kind of the rise from the crowd into the ring and and on a reality television show and whatnot but you know people tend to have to dislike things that they can't attain or obtain themselves so I mean obviously you know people may be jealous of who I may be dating uh, people may be jealous that I may have access to some of their heroes that they may not be able to have uh, ever in their lives. People may dislike the fact that I have been, you know, I'm on indie shows. I'm getting, you know, big spots on these shows and uh, they just, you know, they just don't want to see people succeed for the most part. So, I mean, I get it all. And again, it doesn't bother me, but you know, teach their own. Now you said who you may be dating. Are you not dating Noel? I just saw you two together on like Friday at Warrior Wrestling. Oh, we are most certainly dating. Okay. That, was just, that was just odd wording by me. <laughs> We're actually going on five years. It'll be five years on WrestleMania, at WrestleMania, April 7th. Okay, I was about to say, I didn't want to break that news here. I thought you just said, uh, <laughs> so you're still with those. So, but I mean, yeah, you know, that's kind of the thing is like a lot of people, you know, say that people are jealous of you because you're, you're dating Noel and her famous dad and everything that goes along with that. Um, how do you deal with, uh, like all the weird comments that your girlfriend gets on social media? Like, how do you react to that stuff? Yeah. If, if somebody wants to go and be entertained for, for a couple minutes, go ahead and just click on any of her photos and go to the comment section. And there is endless entertainment. Um, you know, I have, I, I think, you know, me, I, I have very thick skin and, you know, it's just stuff like that. If you don't, if you don't know the person, you don't take it personal, the old adage there. So realistically, I just get a kick out of it. And honestly, I don't really go through the comments anymore. Like I used to go through a little bit more, but really it's, it's not worth my time anymore unless I'm looking for a good laugh. I mean, people can be mean, people can be jerks and they love to jump to assumptions. And, you know, whenever she posts a picture of her and I, I mean, the floodgates open up. Now there has been more supporters as of late okay. than normal, okay. um, which is surprising, but you know, the overwhelming majority is still, uh, you know, wishing that I fall off the face of the earth and into the ocean and never to be found again. Anybody ever get drunk at a bar and like come confront you and they're like, I'm going to kick your ass, Frank the Clown. You know, I've had so many people tweet me being like, next time I see that guy, I'm punching him straight in the face. Yeah. Or if I see him at WrestleMania, I'm going to tell him what I think of him. I have never had one instance of that nature ever. And I, I I'm not. I'm not a you know I'm not a fighter by any means, but but I welcome it. If somebody wants to say something, I mean by all means go ahead. But it's always just Twitter tough guys saying stuff, and um, yeah, I, I'm I'm lucky I guess that I haven't had any sort of confrontation, which would be weird that somebody would confront me over the fact that I'm dating someone that they can't get. So it's just, it's just a weird thing. How's your relationship with uh, Mick? Does Mick like you yet? Is he a fan of yours yet? <laughs> I, I think he's a fan of me. I know he's a fan of my work on the on the independent scene. I've reached out to him for some advice, especially into my match with at Warrior with, with David Arquette and RJ City. And uh, so he's definitely been helpful along the way. And even going back to when I did the thing with freelance with you, yeah, he was you know he was a huge proponent of that and a huge supporter of that right off the bat. And and he reached out. He was one of the first people that reached out to me, you know, personally. It was you know kind of like, hey, you know, you got something here that was really good. Uh, tone down the swearing, but everything other than that is great. <laughs> yeah, no, well, and yeah, you're right. It is you being where you are. I understand is my fault. So for anyone that really, really doesn't like what you're doing, 
you can pass the heat my way. That was that was my. This fault. is all you're doing. You're the creator of this monster. The, now you must live with it. The number of things I've done in pro wrestling that no one will ever know about. Incredible. You, one of them. Um, now, with Mick, though, you said he gives you advice. Like, what kind of advice has Mick given you recently? Like, what kind of advice is he giving you as a worker? Um, you know, more or less just like, you know, just kind of feel the crowd. Uh, one of those things, you know, don't don't rush and, and kind of, you know, pick your spots and, and understand, you know, what your role is, you know. And when I when I did the match with Arquette and everything, you know, nobody expected me to go out there and put on a five-star performance, you know, technical wrestling, Daniel Bryan-esque match. So go out there and, and, and execute your role as, as well as you can, whether, you know, it's like a, a Jim Cornette kind of squirrely, slimy, you know, cowardly heel thing. But, you know, understand your role and, and just execute it to the best of your ability. And that's, you know, what I kind of set out to do. Cool. Uh, well, let's talk a bit about your training here. I'll slow it down a bit. Now, uh, you, I yep. know, have, have been working really hard uh, behind the scenes to, to take this seriously. Uh, talk to me a little about yep. when, when the light bulb went off over your head that you're going to go for it and, and what training has like been ever since. Yeah, you know, obviously, like the first real in-ring kind of interaction, all that was that freelance night a couple years ago with you and uh, and, and, and Ego and, and Ethan Page and all that. So, that that was when the, the initial light bulb went off. And then when it really started to kind of gain momentum in my mind was like the last, probably like the last year, year and a half. So, uh, you know, I, I knew that my, my thing was I was trying to avoid bumping as, as long as I can. And I still am. But obviously, as, as a manager and a mouthpiece, you know, the payoff is, you know, the chase is where the money's at. And the payoff is, you know, when I finally get attacked or I get grabbed or I get beat up, whatever it may be. Mm -hmm. So, uh, you know, I've definitely been in the ring, uh, training a little bit, uh, you know, ego, Robert, Robert Anthony, longtime veteran in the business. He's definitely been a helping hand, not only in the ring, but also kind of outside the ring in terms of giving me advice. Um, if you were to ask him, I never listened to his advice. So, uh, <laughs> but, but I do take it's it right. seriously. It's all right. Then, well, uh, you know, you, it's all right. Of, I was going to, I didn't get right. off, but that's okay because Rob doesn't listen to anybody anyway. So I'm glad he, I'm glad you're throwing <laughs> it back in his face a little bit. Anyway, keep going. I'm sorry. I apologize. He, he's the first to like kind of crap on any idea I pitch him. And then when like it actually, when it's executed well and it's, and it's, there's a good story and a good pitch to it, then he appreciates it more. But yeah, he's, uh, he's been helping me. And then a lot of the local guys in the area, you know, Jimmy blaze, a uh, long time guy in the area, you know, runs uh pow. He, you know, he's let me get in his ring and, and help me out. And I roll around in there, uh, Vito Tomaselli, another long time veteran of the business. Um, he's definitely been one of my mentors as well. He's not really in it as much anymore, but uh, you know, he's, he's got a great mind for the business. So, uh, you know, I have a good group of people around me and even just any show I go to, you know, uh, I can say guys all the, you know, Bryce Benjamin, huge help. Uh, Jay Bradley has been a help. Uh, I mean, any guy that really, that I, that I run into that I'm, that I'm backstage to show, they've really gone out of their way to go ahead and, uh, and, and kind of teach me a thing or two. Joe Alonzo, he's, he's like six years younger than me, but he, you know, whenever we're on a show together, we get in the ring and, and we roll around for a little bit just to, you know, kind of get, you know, my bearings under me and for me to, uh, you know, add a couple things to my arsenal, which, which I do have. I just haven't been able to show off yet. Yeah. Robert Ego Anthony, by the way, was recently on Raw. Your mentor, Robert Ego Anthony, he got laid out by, <laughs> for those of you that saw Monday Night Raw, uh, Travis Brown, the husband of Ronda Rousey, uh, knocked out uh, Robert Ego Anthony. He was playing a WWE security guard. I was sure, I'm sure proud of him, weren't you? Just proud of that guy? I, I he, You know what? He... he earned every step of the way success he you know he has in his business he's worked so hard and 
he uh it's funny was i was there at raw i was i was ringside and he called me afterwards he's like you're the shittiest manager of all time why didn't you hop that barricade <laughs> i was there too but i would never do that you can do it you take you take right. you take the bullet there um yeah, ego. Yeah, yeah. I well, the thing was when when we decided to do what we were going to do with you at freelance for the the impetus of all this. I remember immediately being like, "All right, Rob's going to agent this because a lot like you, he's a good talker, and Rob really knows how to get people upset, and he knows how to do it right. art, artfully." And I'm just really glad that you two have uh, have hit it off as well as you have, and uh, that we got to talk about ego here a little bit on the show. I'll bring him on soon. I'll talk to him too. But in general, are you surprised with how the wrestling? locker room has has taken to you i mean the guys seem to genuinely enjoy sharing space with you in the locker room yeah you know i think everybody's a little bit apprehensive when they see me for the first time like oh what's this guy doing here and i totally get it so i'm already fighting an uphill battle entering any locker room right off the bat so i definitely make it a point to go out of my way and and be cordial to everybody meet everybody talk to everybody as much as i can um you know again i have good people surrounding me that have given me advice on how to carry yourself and you know the kind of the etiquette backstage so I, I definitely that's always in the forefront of my mind to, you know, you know, make those connections and, and, and be friendly with everyone because, you know, we're all we're all there for the same reasons. We're all there to have fun, um, you know, make a little money and, and you know, just and further our careers and because it's what we love. So, yeah, you know, like I said, uphill battle. But for the most part, once I get into a locker room and, you know, I be myself, I think people have a tendency to like me, believe it or not. Breaking news. But, um, you know, obviously, you know, again, Twitter tough guys all over the place. They uh you know, I get a lot of tweets or I see tweets that maybe I'm not tagged in. I see everything that, uh, you know, people, other wrestlers in the industry are like, why does he get in this spot? Or, you know, why is he on this show or this and that? And, you know, I see those same guys in the locker room and everything always ends up being fine. So, you know, again, I, uh, I'm not out to please everybody, but, you know, I will certainly, you know, I understand the backstage etiquette and, you know, I want to, I want to be on good terms with as many people as I can. Yeah, I mean, you've hit the ground running, man, and, like, you're not running, man, huh? You uh, you are not oh, yeah. just, like, a manager. You're not just out there working with, with Robert Ego Anthony. You you wrestle. You wrestled some matches here. Uh, talk to me about what it was like to get yeah. to work with uh, David Arquette at Warrior Wrestling. What was that like? Man, that was it was surreal. It was super fun. And what's funny was it was just a small idea that turned into this whole thing. And and, and but I'm I'm proud of it because it was. I mean, I don't want to take all the credit for it, but it, it was my idea. And I was one that kind of facilitated the whole deal. And I met David back at WrestleMania last year. Uh, we were actually at the ROH show, uh, and we spent some time with him. And you know, I connected with a couple, one one of his buddies. We remained in touch. And you know, one thing led to another. And initially, I you know, the idea wasn't for me to wrestle. It was for me to corner, you know, whoever it may be to face David or, you know, RJ or whoever it was. And then it just kind of spiraled out of control very quickly. And suddenly I was booked in a tag match as my debut against David Arquette. So, I mean, it, it was super cool. Like the, the, the one regret I have is, like I said, I, I do have some more, you know, stuff in my arsenal that I could pull off in the ring. Um, I didn't really get the opportunity to do that in that match. But uh, I know there'll probably be other opportunities down the road. But ultimately, I mean, it's just, it, it's cliche to say it was a dream come true, but it, I mean, it was. I mean, I'm in the ring wrestling, and out of all people, it's against David Arquette, which is just the strangest thing in the world. But uh, yeah, the whole experience was awesome. Everybody, you know, he couldn't have been nicer. RJ couldn't have been more helpful to me. Um, and, and it was just, it was just a super, super fun. And Warrior Wrestling allows me that creative freedom yeah. to pitch these wacky ideas. And they go ahead and they're like, if you can make it, you know, 
if you can dream it, do it. So uh, any weird idea, they're they're always all ears for. Have you uh, uh, now? Wait, you're going to be in another match here, WrestleMania weekend. You're, I saw you're in Black Cla- Black Craft Wrestling's Baffa Mat <laughs> Battle Royal. Um, this really yep. this sounds like you know an actual sign of the end times. Um, are you? Are you going to be I, – I don't get the vibe you're going to be a manager. Like, you seem to have fallen into the no. wrestling. And, and not, I mean, dude, you're wrestling here. I mean, do you feel like you're making the move away from quickly from manager into in-ring performer? Um, yes and no. You know, ultimately, I want to pick my spots. I, I want to, you know, put my – I'm not, I'm not really cut out to be wrestling every single weekend, three times a weekend and all that. So, ultimately, you know, if, if the right opportunity presents itself – I'm in, and uh, with Blackcraft, the opportunity presented itself, and there I am. You know, they had a 30-man battle royal. They had 29 guys. They needed one more, and, you know, I was the chosen one, apparently. <sighs> so uh, the, the match is filled with, for lack of a better term, a bunch of killers. Uh, it's some of the most brutal and vicious deathmatch wrestlers, amongst others. You know, there's a lot of awesome guys like Eric Cannon in there uh, to, you know, I don't know everyone off the top of my head, but then there's some 